Welcome to Locked On St. Louis Cardinals, your daily podcast covering all the news and notes you need to stay up to date on your St. Louis Cardinals. My name is Jeff Jones, here today with Brendan Schaefer. Brendan, good afternoon, good evening, uh, another day with no baseball with the Cubs weathered out in Chicago. Yeah, that, that didn't really turn out to be quite the series that you probably thought it would when you embarked upon the Windy City a few days ago. I, I did make a, a basically four-day-long trip to Chicago to see one baseball game. Uh, I, w- I was at Wrigley Field for a total of like, I don't know, nine hours over the course of four days. Uh, and that was and that was my weekend this last beginning of the week. So yeah, maybe not the most productive trip of all time. Uh, did see what turned out to be a pretty entertaining game uh, last night with the Cardinals picking up the five three victory over the Cubs uh, in a game that you know felt a little bit more uh, intense, I guess, than than the standard regular season game does. Yeah, this was uh, it was good to see the Cardinals get on the get into the win column in their first game against the Cubs this season. We we know the, the numbers by now that basically the Cardinals and Cubs, you know, performed similarly uh, against other NL Central opponents last season, but the Cubs beat up on the Cardinals, and that kind of made the difference in the, the division race. And, and by itself, you could figure not the Cardinals out of contention for a wild card, too. So, uh, you know, really good to see Wainwright be able to have a nice start up there. You, you, you figure with the cold weather, you just didn't know exactly what you were going to get. Uh, in a lot of ways, but especially Wainwright, who is a guy that fans have kind of been griping on, and, and to, to an extent that kind of surprises me, uh, the, the extent to which the fan base is kind of—I don't know if given up on Wainwright is the is the right word, but uh, certainly that's that's two good starts in a row now for him, and, and I'd, I'd love to just see him be able to build on that and and do whatever he can to, to have a successful season in 2018 if it is to be his last as a Cardinal. Yeah, I I think the issue with Wainwright has a lot more to do with Jack Flaherty and a lot less to do with Adam Wainwright. I think that there are a lot of fans who see what Flaherty did in his one start in Milwaukee this season. They see what Flaherty is doing in AAA, uh, and and they're eager for him to join the team and contribute on the same level with the Cardinals. Uh, But, yeah, with a guy like Wainwright, I think he obviously has sort of earned the respect over his career uh, to get a chance to be as effective as he can be. And that first start of the season was not good. The subsequent two have been uh, very good. The seven-inning start at home and then the five-inning start at Wrigley last night, uh, that's exactly what you need out of Adam Wainwright. I thought, too, uh, that with the notable exception of Greg Holland, which we'll get into here in a little bit, that the rest of the bullpen was was very good last night. Uh, Bud Norris had a five-out save. That's fantastic. Dominic Leone got very little attention for his contribution in that game last night, but uh, came in and pitched a totally event-free sixth inning. That's that's encouraging for a guy like Leone, who had you know who had a couple of bad appearances where he gave up some home runs to the Brewers. Uh, for him to for him to be able to and, and the, the Diamondbacks as well actually, and then for him to be able to come in and quietly shut down the Cubs. But to me, uh, a, continuing to be the most impressive performance out of the bullpen for the Cardinals is Jordan Hicks. I, I tweeted about this last night, uh, but it bears noticing that, you know, Hicks came into the seventh inning, the Cardinals had a one-run lead, uh, and was facing Bryant Rizzo Contreras in the seventh. And if ever there was a point last night when that game was maybe at risk of getting away from the Cardinals, it would have been in that exact spot. And Hicks mowed through those three hitters on 12 pitches and looked just completely nonplussed, unaffected by the circumstances. Uh, Really impressive to see Jordan Hicks handle that so well last night. 
and I love the way the Cardinals have kind of recognized that he's their go-to guy as far as, you know, your, your middle innings to late innings, you know, they're not putting him in as a closer, but when, when the game is on the line, when the heart of the order is up for the, the opposition, they haven't been afraid to use Jordan Hicks. They kind of eased him in the first, maybe one or two appearances, but now Mike Matheny recognizes that you might as well, you know, use your best gun when you, when you need it most. And, I kind of appreciate that, that they haven't played any kid games with Jordan Hicks because so far, so good. He's proven the, the ability to handle everything that's been thrown at him. And you mentioned Bud Norris. I think we can we can go ahead and, and for the time being at least, just refer to this guy as the team's closer because that's the way they're using him. It, it looked like maybe a, a coincidence or a happenstance the first time or two, but now I think we've seen enough of a sample uh, of him doing this job, being asked to do this job, and then doing it successfully under some pretty tough circumstances last night, getting a five-out save, uh, which, as we remember, was something they asked Dominic Leone to do earlier in the season against Milwaukee, and that ended really, really poorly. So uh, those two guys especially I was impressed with last night out of the bullpen, Norris and, and Jordan Hicks, as you mentioned. Yeah, I, I think the the comparison to Hicks that that interests me uh, is the way that the Cardinals used Carlos Martinez in 2014 out of the bullpen, where uh, when, when Matheny had it scripted and set up the way that he wanted it, 7-8-9 went Martinez, Neshek, Rosenthal. Right now, for the Cardinals, uh, it looks like 7-8-9, I think optimally, if, if, if they had their druthers, would look like Hicks, Norris, Holland, probably, is the way that they envision that setting up. Uh, as, as the season wears on. Now, uh, that's going to rely on Greg Holland having the ability to, to get his game back. And as you mentioned, that's also going to rely to some extent on on Bud Norris uh, giving up that position. You know, Nor- Norris last night at the game uh, was asked by MLB.com's Joe Trezza uh, about sort of what it feels like to, to taste something and, and to have that, that experience of, of success and the desire to not give that up. And I, I, Bud Norris was pretty transparent uh, about the fact that, look, he's the closer for now, and he doesn't intend to just surrender that to Greg Holland once Holland is prepared. But Bud Norris intends to remain the closer. And for now, for the Cardinals, I can't imagine why you try to move him. Yeah, Bud Norris thinks he's the closer of the St. Louis Cardinals, and at this point he, he might be because he's he's proven to be the most adept at handling the situation. And and absolutely, whether whether they do something here with Greg Holland, we mentioned it yesterday, and, and then it got a little worse uh, as far as his, his outing last night, and, and whether there, there's some way to put him in Memphis for a little bit to try to work some kinks out or, or not. Uh, I think you can't take, a, take the ball out of a guy's hand who has done everything you've asked, because that, that's just not really the, uh, the, the optic that you won and also from a competitive standpoint there's no, there's just no reason to do it if the guy continues uh, to do well so I like what you said I think that Hicks and, and Norris are going to be a, an important part of that kind of back end mix interested still to see Gregerson get his first opportunity because look when when this offseason was going on and the Cardinals were signing all these guys like Gregerson and and then they went and signed but Norris I, I wasn't too thrilled my, my expectations were definitely tempered as far as okay, is this really how this team is going to go about fixing the, the back end of their bullpen? So far, I really couldn't have been more wrong, uh, especially with the way Bud Norris is looking. If Gregerson turns out to be kind of another diamond in that rough where it was like, okay, I mean, that's fine, but but how good is it really? If he turns out to be another guy they struck gold with, yeah, the bullpen's going to be looking really good, even without a, a healthy, competent Greg Holland. 
Yeah, you know, the thing that, that, that you mentioned there with, with Holland looking maybe for a way to sort of uh, reclaim his his mojo and get himself right sort of dovetails interesting with the one piece of Cardinals news today that was reported this morning that uh, Tyler O'Neill is set to join the team in Chicago uh, and be available for tomorrow's game. My understanding is that O'Neill uh, was actually on the way after the game last night uh, that, 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 that Tyler O'Neill would have been available had the Cardinals played today in Chicago and instead with the, uh, with the PPD will be on the roster for tomorrow. The, the question becomes, I think, what the obviously corresponding roster move is to, to get Tyler O'Neill on 25 man. Now, uh, Tommy Pham last night felt a little pull in his groin. After the game, said that he probably would have come out of the game had the Cardinals been in a position with more guys on the bench. Uh, the Cardinals were nominally out of position players at the time uh, when when Fam felt that pull. Uh, it was an interesting spot because Bader had just pinch hit in the uh, in, in the top of the inning. The Cardinals were taking the field. Mike Matheny was headed out to the umpire to uh, to make his lineup changes, which included subbing out the pitcher spot with Jerko coming into that spot where Bader was and then moving the pitcher spot into Carpenter's spot in the lineup. While that was happening sort of simultaneously, uh, Tommy Pham was jogging out to center field and then was having a conversation with the trainer. So what I believe happened was that Matheny had sort of or had had officially already taken Bader out of the game, uh, and that was when Fam felt the injury. So Pham was due to be examined today in Chicago if the situation is one that would necessitate him to go on the disabled list, then that obviously is the easy move for O'Neal. If that is not a DL situation, and Fam last night said that he thought he would have been available for today's game. I don't know, uh, you know, obviously how he felt waking up this morning. If Tommy Fam does not need to go on the DL, then I wonder if the Cardinals would ask Greg Holland to accept an option. My my understanding of Holland's contract uh, is that. When the deal was signed with the Cardinals, because Greg Holland has enough service time that he can reject a minor league assignment even though he had an option remaining, the Cardinals contractually obligated him to accept one assignment to the minor leagues in order to prepare, but correspondingly, the Cardinals were required to recall him after the minimum 10 days. And so uh, those things were written into Holland's contract when it was signed. If he were to go back to the minors, he would have to agree to it. Uh, there was a belief from both Joe and Derek Gould of the Post-Dispatch earlier today that the Cardinals would be trimming the bullpen by one in order to get O'Neill on the roster. If that's the case, then I, I think it's probably Holland, right? Is that what the Cardinals want right now? I'm sure that's what they'd like to see because if he's going out there and continuing to walk batters and not be sharp, and I will say the, the home run Javi Baez hit last night wasn't really on a, a terrible pitch. Uh, he, Baez had to go down to get that pitch, and it was below the strike zone to be sure. But you, you, you also walk a guy in that in that appearance, and so uh, overall, I would say the Cardinals would be would be happy to have him go pitch and, and be ready to where the next time he does appear for the St. Louis team, he could do so at, at full strength. But again, like you mentioned, if he if he refuses such an assignment, there's not really anything the Cardinals can do about that. And in that case, it would probably be Brebia, just because he's a guy they haven't seen. A whole lot of use out of, and, and I think certainly uh, too soon to to per perhaps let a guy like Sam Tuivalala try to pass through waivers. So I would think that yeah, if he if he's willing to accept such an assignment, sure. But I'm not so convinced that he would be because of the fact that he's only had a couple few chances 
so far this season. And it's and if you're a pitcher and, and you believe in your stuff, it seems like that might be a, a, something that would take some convincing, especially for a guy uh, of Greg Holland's caliber, a guy that's had the, the career and the, the success that he's had in the past. Yeah, you mentioned Tui Valala. Uh, that's a guy who's on the DL right now. Who, of course, yeah, yeah no, you don't know. Just not, but but you mentioned him, and that's a guy who will need a spot here when he when he comes off, whenever that is. He sort of has the uh, ambiguous knee soreness that that landed him on the DL. You have Brett Cecil with the shoulder injury where we haven't heard much of anything about him at all. You also have Ryan Sheriff who had a broken toe uh, that that he, in theory, should be, I would think, back from here pretty soon. Uh, The Cardinals obviously now, with their day off tomorrow, taken up by the rescheduled game from today, will be back at Bush Stadium on Friday, and I'm sure there will be many questions asked uh, about all of the relevant injuries uh when, when it comes to holland you know i i don't know if he would be willing to accept that assignment or not because i think that you're right that the pride that comes from pitching in the big leagues might get in the way of a guy being willing to accept that kind of assignment but the other side of that is that holland himself was pretty uh was pretty clear in, in, in his quotes at the start of this cub series about not feeling like he is where he should be and pretty clear that he was, you know, he was sort of in agreement with with the move to make Bud Norris the closer, at least for now. And so, if you're Greg Holland, maybe there's a degree of believing that if you were to go down to the minors, uh, you would be in a better position to to change uh, sort of your lot with the Cardinals right now and find yourself in a spot where you can more quickly get back into the place in the bullpen where you want to be. All right, so let's go ahead and do the. This and, and put our predictions on the line. Uh, we, according to the reports, it's going to be a reliever then that does depart for Tyler O'Neill. Uh, so you go ahead. Who do you think it is? It's going to be Holland or Brebbia or, or somebody else. I'm going to go with Brebbia myself. I actually I am going to go with Holland. I I, I get the impression that uh, last night with the results, especially against the Cubs in that situation, I think that put the Cardinals in a position where. Uh, they're no longer going to be able to ignore that situation, nor, I think, are they going to be able to sort of sell to the fans uh, that that Holland is the guy who should be here. I think that also, you know, we know that Matheny likes having that pitcher under glass in case of emergency. I don't think that there is an obvious candidate in the bullpen for that role except for John Brebbia at the moment. I think if the Cardinals are willing to, are, are willing to go down to seven relievers, uh, then one of them is still going to be that longer-term kind of guy, and I think that's probably still going to be Brevia. All right, and that's fair. I'm, I'm interested to see which direction they go and if they can perhaps pr- convince Holland to take such an assignment, as you mentioned. Uh, but let's talk about the guy that, that is necessitating this by coming up, and we don't know exactly what Tommy Pham's status is going to be but uh, how do you expect the Cardinals to kind of handle the outfield situation if Pham is to miss some time? Because, of course, Dexter Fowler was the center fielder last season, but was, you know, decided that he was going to shift to right field for this one. And the Cardinals now have two other guys on the roster, and Bader and presumably O'Neill, who can play center field. How do you think they'll handle that defensively? I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I don't think that they'll shift Fowler back. My uh, my inclination is that they will keep Fowler in right field because, again, you know, before this season, he had played in a non-center field spot on the outfield. I want to say, like, fewer than five innings. Like, it was an extremely minimal amount of time uh, that, that he had played in 
any part of the outfield that was not center field. And so I think that they would be uh, far more content to uh, far, far more content to see if uh, Fowler can spend some more time learning right. I, I do think that O'Neill would be a guy who would probably get some reps in center. Uh, the Cardinals did play him there a reasonable amount after the trade from Seattle last year. I think when you look at O'Neill, maybe he looks more like a corner guy just by virtue of the ridiculous gigantic muscles uh, as well as sort of the profile of hitter that he is. He doesn't scream center fielder, but I, I, I think that the Cardinals will be willing to use him there at least on a short-term basis, especially because with adding an extra outfielder and having you know those five bench spots instead of four, you could probably see Bader coming in as a defensive replacement later in games that O'Neill might be starting. Yeah, and I and I agree with you on on just letting Dexter Fowler remain in right field. I don't think there's any reason to move him, especially if it, if it's not even a DL situation for Tony Fame where he may just be out a few days. Which is why it's kind of interesting that they did decide to go with O'Neill. I, I know he's he was absolutely raking in AAA, and and the Cardinals have historically liked to reward guys for their performance in the minor leagues. But I, I'm wondering exactly how the playing time could be divvied up because you don't want him to just come up here and sit on the bench. And that's kind of the same thing you said for Harrison Bader when he was called up. And, and Bader has is, is thrived in his uh, small sample opportunities with the Cardinals. And so it, it's going to be kind of intriguing to see because, of course, not only has Dexter Fowler been the right fielder, but he's also kind of struggled offensively. And so I wonder if you might see some opportunities where – where Fowler, it's not that he's losing his job as a starting outfielder, but with, with these two young guys in Bader and O'Neill now on the roster, if there are some spots where Fowler might get an extra day here or there that he wouldn't have gotten otherwise, just to see what you have in, in these two guys, it could be part of your future. Yeah, a, another thing that I think is interesting with the way the bench would line up uh, with O'Neill available is that, you know, this would be yet another place where I think Colton Wong would be vulnerable to losing some plate appearances. Uh, my rationale for that is that Wong was the first guy off the bench in Chicago last night as a pinch hitter. But I don't think the Cardinals really love that arrangement, in part because Wong is not hitting right now, uh, but also in part because Wong is a guy who the Cardinals would probably prefer to use more situationally late in games. He's a very good bunter, can be utilized as a pinch runner, etc., etc., with having two outfielders now on the bench, with having both Bader and O'Neill, one of those two guys can then become your first pinch hitter off the bench, uh, which allows you to save Wong and allows you to still be covered in the outfield if you were uh, if you were to need to uh, to 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 use that later in the game. A couple other things here too. Uh, number one, this maybe opens up the possibility that there could be some situations where Colton Wong uh, would get burned if Wong ends up being a pinch hitter off the bench and the opponent counters with a left-handed reliever. You could pretty easily imagine a situation where Matheny then counters back with Bader or O'Neal as opposed to letting Wong bat against a tough lefty. The other thing is that Jose Martinez is is fairly banged up. He's playing through it, and he will, I think, as long as he's hitting. But the Cardinals would probably like to get him a couple clean days off. So yet again, having that additional support on the bench could be meaningful there. Yeah, I think that's pretty reasonable, too. And, and hopefully today's day off with the, the different postponements they've had in the series would help Martinez to be able to keep in the lineup because he's certainly somebody that's been a driving force uh, for the Cardinals so far. But yeah, I, Wong is not in a, a great position. He did have the walk 
off the bench as a pinch hitter in his last time up. But when you look at where they were a week ago when we talked about Jairo Munoz not really bringing much to the table and, and Greg Garcia as kind of the other guy that's on that bench, well, since then, Jairo Munoz has been sent down to Memphis and Greg Garcia had a, a two-homer game and an and, and 11-pitch walk last night in the game uh, where he made another start at third base. So uh, definitely the, the infield has... It's so it's funny how quickly things have gotten crowded and and yeah it's going to be performance based I think and uh, certainly Colton Wong kind of on the outside looking in I think he might get a couple of starts per week but if if Jerko continues to get opportunities and do well and, and Greg Garcia continues to make the most of what he can do uh, yeah I, I tend to agree with you that Wong could be you, you could see scenarios where he's shut out for for days at a time really uh, outside and- of some some situations in late games. And if that's going to be the case, then uh, it may finally be time to start to think more seriously about what is the best way to utilize Colton Wong as an asset. And, you know, the Cardinals have been, I think, extremely patient with Colton Wong. Uh, He hasn't always gotten the consistency of opportunity that maybe he would need to, uh, to succeed to his best ability. But, Colton Wong is not really a young player anymore. He's 28 years old. He's been in the big leagues for five years now. Uh, And and so if this is the player that he is, then maybe he would be a guy who could be an asset piece. If if we're looking, you know, later in the season and the Cardinals are, are attempting to upgrade at say third base or maybe even first base then uh then maybe Wong would be included in those conversations because last night I, I thought it was noticeable uh that the Cardinals with both Matt Carpenter and Greg Garcia in the lineup went with Carpenter at second and Garcia at third Matheny kind of hand-waved it away but I, I do wonder if part of that is the expectation that Look, Matt Carpenter hasn't been playing a lot of second base over the last few years, and I think it's fair to wonder if maybe the Cardinals are anticipating a decent diet of Martinez at first, Jerko at third, Carpenter at second. Yeah, when you've seen what Jose Martinez has done, I don't know that, you know, some people might have anticipated that with what he was able to do last year, that he could just continue it this season, and and that's what he's done. But I would say, by and large, like, even thinking about what I, kind of where I was on him, in spring training and before the season began, I thought he'd be a guy that would kind of, you know, he'd, he'd play some, he'd find, he'd find his way into the lineup uh, against, you know, left-handed pitching for sure. And, and might get 300 to 400 plate appearances. But right now he's looking like an everyday player and, and one of the best in the national league. And so because of that, even though that first base is not his natural position, you've got to have him in the lineup because of what he's been able to do. And I've never been a fan of Carpenter at second base, but if he's, if he's serviceable and if he's doing what he did last night with runners in scoring position, he's got to play too. And so that kind of leaves it up to the, the, the best of the rest is going to get the, the opportunities, whether it's Jerko at third base, Greg Garcia at third base or Colton Wong forcing the issue to have Carpenter be that third baseman. And, you know, the, like you mentioned, it's not, it's not new for Colton Wong. This is it kind of, I hate to say that it's starting to feel a little bit like the Randall Gritchick situation where the potential seemed to be there. And eventually the Cardinals had to, had to give up on it. I'm as big of a Colton Wong guy as you'll find, and so I'm not really in that position yet to say, yeah, I think the Cardinals should look to move on from him. But certainly the production is going to have to come uh, at some point, you know, whether it's in the next few days, in the next few weeks, because you can you can see the way it's trending. And, yeah, it's not it's not a positive direction for him right now, though we should mention, again, his, his last opportunity. I thought he, he did a nice job drawing that walk, but that, that's only going to take you so far. 
you'd like to start seeing him drive the ball and, and you know play consistent defense. And it's going to get tougher to find his way into the lineup. All righty. Well, as we wrap up here, uh, Cardinals at Wrigley tomorrow for presumably the last game of that series. We'll see, I guess, if the game actually gets played. It's supposed to uh, supposed to warm up in Chicago tomorrow. It'll be a balmy 45 degrees or so. So uh, a fantastic chance to play some lovely baseball. It was, miser- it was miserable up there. Snowing, it was cold, not great. Uh, Cardinals there, then the Reds in town for a set of three over the weekend. Uh, all in all, I, you know, it's hard to call a trip to Chicago where they've played one game so far a success, but you pair that with the uh, with, with the four-game sweep in Cincinnati, the worst you can do if you're the Cardinals is come home with a 5-1 and one road trip. That's I think you'll take that pretty much every time. Yeah, at school today, somebody mentioned to me, "Oh, that must be that's five in a row for the Cardinals." And I and I had stopped and I thought, "Well, yeah, I guess it is," because you kind of forget with the the the, the, the postponements with the snow that they are on a pretty nice winning streak right now. And yeah, definitely an opportunity uh, to see what you can do tomorrow and then bring some momentum into the weekend. This team could—you never know where where a winning streak could go if they can clip off that final game in Chicago. You know, I, I think Tony Larusa used to always measure the uh, measure the season in chunks. Get the five games above five hundred, then ten, then twenty, and so on. And so uh, the Cardinals are coming up on five games above. And if they can continue to take those steps, then this season looks a lot different from last season. The Cardinals, uh, you know, both Mike Matheny and Adam Wainwright at Wrigley yesterday tried to play it off like they didn't know the Cardinals' record against the Cubs last season, and that they somehow had forgotten that the Cardinals won all of one game at Wrigley Field in two. 2017. I don't think they forgot, uh, and I think that they they are eager to make those changes here uh, in 2018. I'm with you, and it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how far they can take it. That's going to wrap up Locked On St. Louis Cardinals for today, Wednesday, April 18th, 2018. For Brendan Schaefer, my name is Jeff Jones. Thank you again for listening. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. Rate, review, it helps people find us, and it's really it's good for our egos, and that's the important part. So, Brendan, thank you so much, sir. Peace out, Jeff. For Brendan, I'm Jeff. Tune back in tomorrow for another edition of Locked On St. Louis Cardinals.